Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Good morning. Oh, I can't tell you how good it feels. It's, it's weird. It's like, it is like a, a warm blanket, but it's like the feeling of getting in front and hearing your voice through the microphone and it reverberating through the, the walls in this room uh, is like a, a really comforting feeling. And even though we've only got a small handful of people here this morning, and most of you are at home watching online, just know that your presence is still felt here in this room, that we believe and I believe that the Holy Spirit is here and in your rooms blessing this time, blessing each and every one of us. He has his hand upon us, and he is calling this good. So I invite you in this morning um, as we reflect and ponder the words that Marsha read for us this morning. <clears throat> Luke 24, 36 through 48, it really dives deep, obviously, into the story of Christ revealing himself to the 11 disciples. And I, I want to sort of bring some broader context. We have to remind ourselves and bring some understanding of the context of this particular situation because this is a period of time where uh, there are 11, there are 11 men, disciples, filled in a room with countless other friends, with uh, Mary and the other women who were at the empty tomb, right? It's not just a small group of people. It is a crowded room full of disciples and friends and believers who were all close and had close communion and close relationship with Christ during this time. It's following the, the, the women experiencing the empty tomb and encountering an angel and being told not to be afraid and then running and telling the other disciples. It is following uh, Christ revealing himself to a few men on the road to Emmaus, and then they sprint back to tell the disciples. So you have to imagine a room, uh, a larger room, probably full of all of these friends who are gathered together, who are excited, who are scared, who are uh, frightened, who are eager, who are experiencing the gamut of emotions that one would probably feel when, it, when encountering one of your best friends being literally crucified on a cross and then three days later vanished in front of everybody, right? And now you're being told that he's revealing himself and showing to different people around the city, and you don't know what to make of it. So you kind of have to put yourself in that sort of context as we read through this scripture and as we begin to understand the scripture. I want to read it one more time, but I want to read through this with the understanding, and I want you to put yourself in the position of 
the disciples. And having experienced all of those situations, having actually watched one of your best friends, Christ, experience immense suffering, died, and now you're being told that he has literally risen from the dead, and that not only that, but other people are seeing him and encountering him, and you're, you're experiencing all this in that room. I want, I want you to consider... I want you to consider yourself among one of those people in the room and experiencing this. All right, and then we'll, we'll read through it right now. So Luke 24, 36 through 48. <clears throat> As they were talking about these things, again, the, hearing about the road to Emmaus, the empty tomb, they're being told about these events. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. Or, talking with Richard this morning, the word that he would have used most likely in the context of this time is shalom. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. That, <laughs> sorry, it cracks me up. See my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? <laughs> it just cracks me up. I don't, like, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you. So he just then takes them to school, right? So these are the words that I, uh, that I said while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be, must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer on the third day, rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. That's like this entire moment, this entire experience, this entire setting is like the ultimate God mic drop. Right? And I... When I read through this in preparation for today, and, and I can't help but read through it and laugh now, uh, is because, and I, <laughs> I talked to Ryan about this, and I'm going to use it. Uh, when I read through this scripture, the thing, the vision, or the image that kept coming to my mind, and bear with me, this might be a bit of a stretch for some of you, but... Um, was the 1994 Christmas classic movie, The Santa Claus, with Tim Allen as Santa, uh, a.k.a. Scott Calvin, and his young son, Charlie. And if you know, if you know the movie Santa Claus, then, then you understand the premise of the film. But there's one particular scene towards the end of the movie where Santa, Scott Calvin, visits um, with his son, who he kind of secretly took with him to help deliver presents on Christmas Eve. But he goes back and brings his son back to um, his ex-wife's house. And uh, Charlie 
the son, they go to Charlie's mom's house with her new husband, Neil. Now, Neil is the stepdad, and he's just like, he's, they're sucking us into this delusion. He's just completely and utterly, absolutely opposed to the idea or the concept that Scott Calvin, his now wife's ex-husband, father to their, his stepchild, could be Santa Claus, right? And they're having this interaction, and Neil, Neil is just the whole movie completely opposed and just absolutely, like, can explain everything away. And he just is like, no, this can't happen. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pops in none other than the head elf, Bernard. All right? And Bernard, Bernard knows what he's doing. And Bernard just walks in eating this pita bread sandwich filled with, like, sprouts and hummus and all different things. And he's just, like, chomping away. And he starts talking with Neil. And the, the image of Neil, when the moment Bernard pops into the room with this pita bread sandwich, he goes from complete and utter, like, refusal to believe to disbelief, to utter confusion, to shock and awe and amazement and bewilderment and curiosity. And he immediately resorts from cold, hard, shut-off, grown man to wide-eyed, bewildered child. And... Just as Bernard enters the room, they have this interaction. He talks to Neil, a little bit of comedy where he reaches back and looks at Neil's sweater. And he, he says, like, oh, did we make this sweater? And he's looking at the tag. And then Neil turns to the others, starts talking with them, and looks back, and Bernard is gone. And then Neil goes from shock and awe and bewilderment to, oh, my goodness. And he starts running around the house trying to figure out what what's going on, and, and all that thing. And the reason I bring this up is because this scripture, I, I laugh every time because I can't help but think <laughs> that it is comparable to this moment in the movie Santa Claus where the disciples are Neil. And for lack of better terms, Jesus is Bernard, right? where Bernard walked into this room fully knowing full well that he was just going to have some total fun with this and just completely shock Neil and be like, boom, I'm here. That's a cool sweater. This is happening, and boom, I'm gone, right? I can't help but feel like Jesus knew full well what he was doing in this moment and just thinking, oh, this is going to be a great opportunity to just play this amazing joke on my friends and bring an absolute moment of clarity and God wisdom in this time, right? These are his best friends. These are the people that he spent the last three years with of his ministry every day, sharing every meal, preaching and proclaiming the name of God and the gospel of Jesus to the nations side by side. And he just came in and the first thing he says is, peace to you. Peace to you guys. Imagine the shock and awe on everybody's face. And so that, to me, I had always read this scripture as, like, 
disbelief and hardened hearts and, you know, the stereotypical doubting Thomas, let me see your hands and let me see your feet and all that stuff. But it shifted for me, and it went from hardened hearts to utter amazement and disbelief. When I read, um, it talked about marveling and, and being in utter disbelief, right? This feels like one of the perfect moments in Scripture where Christ's humanity and Christ's deity work perfectly hand in hand. He is fully man, he is fully God, and he is putting that on display for all to see in this room. He is fully man and enjoying the joy and the laughter and the the shock and surprise of having fun with his friends in this room, and he's also taking them to school and saying, have I not told you this before? He opens their minds, he lets them understand, and he helps them to see. Now, you're probably sitting here or sitting at home and thinking, why are you talking about this? Well, I wanted to bring some light to this because I want to really emphasize the reality of this moment. Not the moment itself, but the moment that we really understand that this is an actual thing that actually happened. I wanted to put some human emotions to this because oftentimes when we read scripture like this and when we study the experience of um, the, the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, we often associate it with some sort of abstract thing that happened thousands of years ago. But this is an actual moment with real people that Christ revealed himself to and they experienced every range of every human emotion within this within this this moment and i want to really bring these emotions forward because i think it is helpful for us to understand and put ourselves in this place to begin to realize and remember that Jesus is alive It's not just some disembodied spirit that rose again from the grave. It's not just some abstract thing that we learn about so that we can be Christians in our cookie-cutter box. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right, part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is alive. And it is as real today as it was for all of those people in the room that he revealed himself to on that day, 2,000 some odd years ago. Right? He really died. He really resurrected. He really revealed himself. He really ascended. He is real. He is alive. And I want to stress this and I want to emphasize this because I, I truly believe that though we don't have this like peace to you moment where, where Jesus enters the center of the room and just startles us, right? Now, not, not to say that he can't do that, but we don't, that's not our daily experience. But I truly believe and I know to be true that God reveals himself to us in similar fashions, but through different means. And I want to, this to be an encouragement 
to all of us and to all of you is that we can still experience the joy and the confusion and the disbelief and the, the bewilderment, right? And, and be true to our faith and our understanding that we are uh, forgiven of our sins. I was talking, um, actually it was with Ryan the other day too, but um, we were talking about this and we were discussing um, this and, and we, were, we were mentioning uh, and discussing that it's an encouragement. And I read this as an encouragement because we are still allowed to have our disbelief. We're still allowed to question and to wonder and to be in awe. And we're still allowed to experience the full range of the human emotions that we experience when we enter into our faith. And God still comes. Jesus still comes. The Holy Spirit still comes and descends upon us and says, peace to you. Peace to you. Right? I'm here. Do you not know? Can you not see? Touch and see. I am, I am God. And we're still invited in even though we are human, even though we have those emotions, even though we disbelieve, right? And I want to almost take it one step further. It is because of our disbelief at times that Christ invites us in and says, I got you. I'm here. Touch and see. It's okay. Do you not know? Have you not seen? Have you not heard? So I think and I believe and I know to be true that God reveals himself to us and through us. And I think it looks different for every person. I think it looks different and the way that we experience it is different for everybody. But just one way that I experience it for myself um, is gathering together. And so this, this last year or so has been remarkably hard. You know, obviously not just for me, but for many of us and for millions of people, billions of people around the world. But I got to say, I, I experienced the reality and the revelation of Jesus yesterday in the way that uh, friends... A group of us friends gathered together, safely of course, um, to, to help another group of friends move. And when it was all said and done, we were sitting outside, we were eating pizza, enjoying ourselves, talking, and just being together. I had a moment yesterday where I was sitting and looking around and watching everybody be with one another. And I could not help but connect it to the scripture and just thinking, I can't help but feel like this is the same sort of thing that the disciples and everybody were doing in that room. And God in the middle of all that, Jesus in the middle of all that, popped into the room and said, peace to you. And I kind of started chuckling to myself because I began to think, what would happen if, <laughs> what would happen if Jesus just was like, Peace to you guys. Hey, you have any any pizza to share with me? And I was just like the I can I began to imagine like the shock and the awe and the bewilderment on everybody's face, like, 
what is happening? And then in an instant, he would just be gone again. But then I took it one step further, and I just was like, well, who's to say that he's not doing that now? Right? Who's to say that he's not here already? Who's to say that he's not already among us and among this group of people and among this group of friends who are in community with one another where he is saying peace to you and he is blessing that interaction in the community of believers? Right? Scripture talks about where two or more are gathered. Well, I, I began to lean more heavily into that and began to understand the necessity for community. And I, I know that it's been difficult. I know that it's been hard for us for these last few months, several months, almost a year, or actually more than a year. And I can't help but be encouraged and find hope and joy in the belief that we are stepping into a new era again where we can begin to be with one another and experience the reality of Christ Jesus again in a brand new way and with fuller and deeper appreciation um, for Christ and for, for all that he did in the ways that we can gather and support one another. So my friends, I wanted today to be an encouragement to you knowing full well Jesus is alive. Jesus reveals himself that Christ Jesus is He is good, and he is here. And all the things that we do and all the ways that we gather and all the ways that we support one another, um, that he is calling us good, and he is saying peace to you, peace to you. So LBCF, peace to you. I'm going to invite Danny up, and while he's coming up with the band, I'm going to pray for us. So, Father, we come before you thankful, thankful for your goodness, thankful for your sacrifice, thankful that you rose again from the dead, and thankful that you continue to reveal yourself to us in countless ways. Lord, I pray that you work in and through us. I pray that you continue to move your Holy Spirit amongst us. Father, I pray that you bless us as we begin to experience a renewed and re refreshed experience of your goodness and your grace. Lord, you say peace to you. Lord, you, you speak over us shalom. Lord, I pray that you give us those experiences of shalom as we begin to um, help and commune and support one another Lord, I pray that we would take that shalom and share that shalom with the community of people around us. So, Lord, we pray this in your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.